Hello and welcome to the Dash Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Gimmage, and today we're talking to Steve Maletto, host of the Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 Podcast. I'm excited to have him on because he's had over 30 years of experience in education and worked in all kinds of capacities in education. So we're excited to talk to him today, and of course, I'm excited to tell you before we get started about TreyGamage.com, where you can go for updates about what's going on with me. You can set up a phone call about implementing SEL in your school or district. We can also get a copy of Every Decision Counts, Eight Lessons I Wish They Taught Me in School, and you can subscribe to the DASH podcast. Do that for us, and without further ado, let us get started with Mr. Maletto. How are you today, sir? Doing great, thanks. Appreciate you having me on, Trey. Yes, yes, without a doubt. So your podcast, man, I've, I've had a chance to listen to um, Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, and I really appreciate the information that you bring to your listeners and, and the style of your podcast. What got you started in podcasting for education? Well, I'm glad you asked that question because it, it's funny. I had, uh, as a principal, I had, was starting to listen to podcasts and stuff like this, but I didn't quite have the time to figure out how to go ahead and make it happen. And then I got that opportunity, started watching um, how people did it. And I just said, you know, I've, I like podcasts. I'm just going to go for it. And, uh, and I actually, even though it, it takes, it's a lot of time, <laughs> um, it's, it's a blast doing it. And so I'm glad I took that jump. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I mean, I, I remember when I first started um, with my podcast, <laughs> It took me about 10 hours to finish this episode because I didn't understand how to edit or what I was doing with my just my overall process and was doing it all by myself. Now I've been able to work it out much better, but still each episode takes you, you know, two to four hours to to get done with just podcasting and, and hosting and, and talking to folks and setting it up and things. So yeah, you're right. It, it's it's such a cool thing though. I I, I wish I'd had this a uh, long time ago because this is <laughs> it's it's neat. I've been able to connect with people all around the world and uh, and and some of us right in our backyard. So it's uh, it's so cool that uh, this technology, the ability to be able to you know for it's not really that expensive to be able to make this happen on your own. And uh, I'm I'm loving it. And I'm enjoying the Dash podcast, your podcast, which is really cool. So this is neat. I appreciate you reaching out. Thank you, thank you. Without a doubt, it's it's um. Yeah, I always think about the podcast as uh, my coaching platform. This is where I get my coaching because I get to talk to leaders in the industry like yourself. So, you know, I think for you, you, you've been in education for a long time um, and you've worked in education in a lot of different ways. What is it that brought you to education and why have you stayed so long? Well, the, the main reason why I got into education a long time ago was uh, I had... I had a fondness for history, and although I would never tell my dad that, I mean, he knew I had fondness for history, and he, he was a guy who would, you know, he'd stop and read the signs on the side of the road, didn't matter how much he protested as a kid, <laughs> he's going to stop and read those signs, or he went to the museum, he read everything, and I love my father, and, and I've turned into my father, so, <laughs> and so history, that, that love of history was, was part of it, as well as I didn't like the way my history classes were taught. Um, they were boring. They were really, you could tell that the, the gentleman who taught the classes really, uh, um, nothing against them, but at the same time, they didn't put a lot of effort into it. Yeah. And it could have been so much better. And, and so that was, that was a big part of what was driving me was I'm like, it could be better and I want to make it better. Okay. Okay. 
Yeah, that that makes absolute sense. That makes absolute sense. And so did you, at what point did that start for you? Did you go to school for education or did that happen um, after you had some different experience in business? I went, I went to school. First, what happened was I, I wanted to become an officer in the uh, army. And so I went off, became a second lieutenant in the army and uh, then finished. And so then I spent my time in the uh, National Guard and reserves and, uh, and became a uh, part-time soldier and, and then finished out my degree so, uh, where I um, completed a bachelor's and a master's in history. Oh. And, uh, and that's what you know, helped me support me in the, um, getting that history teaching position. Right. I love it. I love it. What's been your favorite position or role that you've had so far throughout your journey in education? I got to tell you, even though I've had fun in different roles, um, the best one ever is being that history teacher. And, okay. and the, the place where I had the most, most impact with, uh, with kids, I happened to be in a school. We were part of a program out of Brown University called uh, um, the Coalition of Essential Schools, um, which was founded by a gentleman named Ted Sizer. And it was all about personalization for kids mm. at a time when that wasn't the big thing. And as a result of that, I got to, to work with some of the coolest teachers and kids. And uh, it was all about uh, trying to help drive their thinking further. And, uh, and uh, that was that, eff that time and that effort, that was just the, the best ever. I love it. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Do you think you'll um, ever get a chance to go back in and teach a class or two? I don't know. I, you know, now I do a lot of teaching with adults, and oh. which is fun. I enjoy that. And uh, um, but uh, you know, I do I do miss those days. And I don't know. Maybe you'll plant that seed there. Maybe I'll look into that. There's nothing like the kids. That's very true. There's nothing like the kids. Yes. I, I like it. So in teaching history and being an educator, how have you seen education change since the time that you started? You know, it's, I think some of the biggest, the biggest change is that, uh, well, first I got to say this. Every, it seems like each so many years, there's some effort to say that you could replace the teacher with this. Mm. You could replace the teacher with that and fill in the blank for whatever that is. And, you really can't because the adult is the one who connects with the, the kids, the adult, you know, you have to have a real person who's connecting with the kids who's making it real as well as, you know, you know, part of it is, is that they're children. They're not, uh, you know, I don't care what age you're working with. They're, they're human beings who they have all of these things going on inside of them and you need that adult uh, who's, who recognizes that and is working with them on that. And so I think the biggest thing, like, like I said, when I started teaching, I was all about trying to make history enticing and fun. And, you know, look, it can be so much, it's, there's so much to it and it's so incredible. And then as I started teaching, I started realizing that there's so much more to teaching than that, that it's about helping children you know, learn to use their minds. Well, it's about the teacher has to become a counselor. Almost the teacher has to, uh, has to understand, uh, the, a lot about pedagogy and where the kids are in their development and what's going on in their world to try and help bring, you know, to make uh, learning exciting for them and, uh, and something that they want. Yeah. I mean, there's such a um, intrinsic value to being an educator. You know, you, there's just so much um, that you get from serving kids and, and serving youth in the next generation. Why do you feel like there is such a shortage right now in people that want to teach in education overall? I think there have been a lot of years of uh, 
in our world of people thinking of lots of talk about uh, how anybody can be a teacher and it couldn't be further from the truth. And there's just been so much of that talk about, uh, you know, the only reason why you want to do this is because you might have summers off. By the way, I never had any summers off. The, uh, um, you know, you want to, it's, it's easy or it's, uh, you know, just disrespectful talk that's gone on for so many years that uh, it, it, after a while it makes an impact. You know, people start going, well, maybe I shouldn't go into teaching. Maybe I, Maybe I don't want to go this route. And uh, so you, then you start having several cycles of children not uh, pursuing it. Yeah. I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I know there's, you know, several mandates for, you know, the quality that it takes to become a teacher. And I know in South Carolina, we have the practice exam and most states have a test that sometimes can be kind of hard to um, pass. But at the same time, you know, I've seen teachers that do, don't have a certification per se, but are the best teacher in a school. What, what is it that makes a great teacher? I think one of the things that makes a great teacher is you have to recognize that working with children takes time, understanding, and you have to, you have to, you have to personalize what you're doing. You have to, there's no such thing as teaching to a middle or an average or anything like that. You're trying to figure out how to, how to reach each child that you're responsible for. And, and that is, very difficult depending on um you know their level and their ages and and what uh um what's all going on in their world and you know that's something that uh some of the best teachers and colleagues i've ever worked with they understood that and they just did amazing things to get to connect with the kids to get the kids want to do and uh that to me that's what makes a great teacher is they they get that understanding of who the kids are and they connect with them and and they make them want to be part of their class and want to do well for them. Is that something that's just in you or someone that anybody can do? I think anybody can do it if they, uh, if they happen to be around somebody like that, or they were, you know, or they had that opportunity to work with somebody like that, or they, you know, had that one teacher that they always put in the back of their mind. That's who I want to be like when I grow up type thing. And, you know, and I, and by the way, I say that, but I mean, we're always growing up, you know, I, <laughs> my age bracket, I still have those people that I wish I could be like, I want to be like, and I try and make changes to me as I see how they do things. And it's, and it's that constant, uh, you know, it, I, I think you can become that, but I do think that some people have it in them. It's just something that they, who they are. And it, it's not that you can't become it, but I think some people just, it's just them. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. You know, I think there's, you can do it both ways sometimes you just walk in the door and you know you have that heart of a teacher and the other times it's, it's earned or you grow into it um what is your favorite part about education right now and the progress that you're seeing and, and the growth if any that we have in our education system i think one of the my favorite parts is that there is this emphasis on the individual child um, trying to get to the individual uh, the kid to figure out where their, uh, what their needs are, what their strengths, what their uh, uh, weaknesses are, and trying to help build upon that, accelerating them to, to do better. And I, I just, I think this whole emphasis, I, I think there's just this incredible emphasis on trying to help the individual child. I mean, my, as a, as a kid, I played a great game with my teachers. And that was, if you let me play this game, I would do it. And the game was simply, I'm a good kid. I do my work. I sit, I don't talk to my friends. I tell my friends before the class, don't talk with me. And, and so then I look at the teacher and I sit there and look like I'm taking notes and stuff like this. And you don't call on me because I'm, I'm not in, 
not going to cause you trouble. And I'm sitting over there looking like I'm paying attention and therefore I don't get called on, which is what I wanted. I didn't want to be called to the board. I didn't want to have to raise my hand to answer a question. And so then the problem is though, is that, uh, you know, the only time you find out whether I really know it or not is test time. <laughs> and today there's that emphasis, there's an emphasis on learning more about what the kids understanding before you ever get to that point. Yeah, absolutely. And you've mentioned personalized learning a couple of times. Can you talk to me about what that means in a classroom? Yeah, the, uh, you know, there's basically it's, it's the understanding of who those children are. So you have a little bit of whether it's um, some of their test data, their personal information, you've looked at that information so that you understand um, what level their vocabulary is on. You understand a little bit about if they're reading, um, you understand what their reading levels are. You understand a little bit about their home life and some other aspects of their world. And, and you get to know that instead of looking out there and looking at the, just students and kids, you know a little bit about Steve and Trey and, and um, all the kids that are out there. And, uh, and so then you create activities which address their needs and whether they need to be accelerated or whether they need uh, um, assistance in uh, this area or whatever. And, and part of that, there's different instructional strategies that help with it. There's something called formative assessment, which basically the teacher, and there's so many different ways you can do this, which I love this today. Um, but basically you take time where you do something that's not graded and you see, you have the kids demonstrate where they understand it, whatever the question is or whatever the problem is that you have to have them do on like a mini whiteboard or on a little sticky or something like this. And uh, you take that and you use that information then to adjust your instruction to um, because sometimes you might see that the kids are getting it and sometimes they're not getting it. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's all about trying to figure out if they're where they are. And uh, I don't know if that's kind of the direction you want me to go there, but that's, that's a big part about it is taking time to figure out if, if Steve and Trey are getting it. Yeah, no, that that's, that's absolutely, it makes sense. You know, I, I'm just starting to kind of hear more about personalized learning and, and creating a learner prof profile where you can do just that and make sure that every child is learning this information now, does that get hard or time consuming for a teacher who has to learn um, all these ins and outs of their child? Or is that what we're supposed to be doing anyway? Well, the answer is that's what we should be doing anyway. <laughs> but and the other answer is, yes, it's very difficult. It takes time. It's time consuming. And and uh, the larger your classes are, the more difficult it becomes, um, especially if you have a wide um, audience that is in all different levels and uh but it's it's difficult to do and it takes time and it uh, you have to constantly remind yourself when you're working with the kids that you are trying to you know have i have i taken a look at whether steve's doing what he's supposed to be doing today and what level he's at you know am i um have i looked at the the attendance to see if because uh, i know that steve is out a lot so has he been out a lot lately is it's you know just bringing all that stuff in together you know, making yourself pay attention to what's going on with your kids. Mm -hmm. For sure. When did you start getting, um, like, is that an approach and a philosophy that you have been um, involved in and for a long time? Yes. Although I got to tell you that at my first couple of years, it, it was all about uh, trying to make the content engaging. Whereas then I started learning a lot more about it and sort of figuring out that, you know, we got to do a little bit more than that. So um, and, and then it really happened when I, I have, uh, in education, I have two mentors in my life that really always kind of, uh, I always remember them and both of them were named Bob, by the way, which is funny. <laughs> and, and the first Bob, he, 
he's the one who I went to work for him and we were in that, that um, coalition school and it was all about instructional strategies and personalization. And that's where that became such a huge part of my world. And, you know, kind of like the light bulb going off going, Oh yeah, we should be doing stuff. This makes sense. And, and, uh, and since then, so that, that happened somewhere around my fourth or fifth year. Mm, okay. Okay. And then, so ever since then, you've been a proponent for personalizing learning. Correct. And how do you help people um, get involved with this and share with us? I know you have your podcast, you know, so what's the mission of the Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 podcast and your overall work in education? The overall mission of uh, Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, the the podcast, is to um, bring resources that will help support uh, classroom teachers and building administrators. And the idea is to just, and sometimes I I do some shows where it's just me talking about some situations, Uh, but a lot of times in more recent times, I'm talking with, I'm bringing guests on who specialize in some area, whether it's leadership or, or the classroom instruction and, or some aspect of uh, um, something that might be uh, interesting. Like I've gotten into as a former history teacher, I've gotten into interviewing people who've worked a lot with primary sources and, and secondary sources and trying to show those off. But, you know, it's, uh, it's all about trying to support the classroom teacher and the building administrator. That's what the program's all about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I, that's what I do. And that's what the rest of my life's about as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love, it. I mean, you're a man on a mission. You've got a purpose that you're chasing the dream that you're making a reality. But what is your reward or your success for um, the work you're doing in education? What keeps you coming back? You know, it's, it's really cool to, so when I worked with kids, the thing that was amazing was to see the light bulbs come on, to see things like, Hey, I get this, you know? (laughs) And uh, um, when I, worked with kids as an administrator, the same sort of thing. You'd still experience some of that because you had to go out of your way to do it. I mean, it's, you had to work at connecting with them and as an administrator, because it's a lot more difficult as an administrator, you have to, you have to be more purposeful. Otherwise you're you're only connecting with the kids who've gotten in trouble. (laughs) Although that has its own rewards too. It's interesting. (laughs) Um, But the, uh, you know, it basically though, now I get a chance to work with teachers and try to help them, um, find out what it is that, that'll help make them successful so they can help kids achieve their dreams. And I think that's what keeps me going is trying to f- find different ways of helping teachers and uh, building administrators. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What do you think are the biggest gaps or obstacles in your way of continuing your progress with personalized learning? The biggest obstacles are that it takes time. And it, it takes practice and it takes making mistakes and it takes, it takes wanting to do it. And, uh, um, you know, that's, that's all part of the norm for anything in education that, uh, you know, it takes time. And, and so you, there's other things that interfere with that because they pull your time away. I mean, uh, from what you're trying to do and, you know, it's, you, you just have to, you have to figure out what is your priority and, and then you're going to have to spend a lot of time on it as you learn how to make how to help you be successful in that classroom with the kids and finding out what it is that they need to help them move forward or understand or the light bulbs to go on. Uh, but the, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it takes time and effort. And if you don't want to put the time and effort in, it's not going to happen. Right. I feel it. I feel it. That makes sense. Have you, what have you learned about yourself through your journey in education? 
You know, one of the coolest things that I've learned about myself is that I, I'm really not satisfied with just getting something done. I want it to be better. I want it to really address whatever it is that we're trying to deal with. You know, I want it to go beyond that. Just it's, I don't, there used to be a commercial that talked about it's, is it okay? It's just okay. You know, I, I don't like the, it's just okay. I want it to go beyond that because, you know, it's, it's, you know, when you work with children, when you work with their families and such, you, they only have a short time frame when they're in your classes, when they're work, when you're working with them, you know, cause they get older <laughs> and as they're getting older, they're, they, you got to help them be able to be successful beyond the age brackets in which you're working with them. And, um, and so I think what I've learned about myself is that I, I don't like sat just, I don't like settling for it's okay. Mm. It's gotta be better than okay. Yeah. I feel it. That's, that's pretty, that's pretty real. I think it's, it's authentic, you know, and, and honest, that's an honest opinion that you've got towards um, the work that you're doing. I think we need, we need more of that. Is there any last words or kind of comments or statements that you want to leave with everybody that's listening right now? Well, I think the, and I appreciate you giving me an opportunity to do that. I, I just think that, uh, you know, one of the things I learned over time is that, um, we have to be continuous learners in education. We have to want to know more and we have to be willing to change because with every new group of kids, there's something new that you're going to learn. There's never a pinnacle, you know, it's, you can't ever say I got to the top of my learning because, oh my gosh, there is no top of the learning. You've got to keep learning and you got to keep figuring out as we learn more about how, uh, the difference, you know, the, pedagogical stages and the stages of our, you know, what we, you know, as we learn more about how our brain operates and all kinds of stuff like that. And, and so we're always learning because every child is coming to you. They're all different and it's cool. It's, it's exciting. And to be a continuous learner, you know, you, you, you should want that. And, and it's neat to always have to be learning. I think that's an exciting thing. So that's, that's my big last message there. <laughs> always want to be learning. Yeah. Thank you so much. I mean, again, honest to the point and, and just straight up true, you know, which we're always learning continuous process, continuous improvement. Where can the people can go to find you, Steve? Well, they can go to uh, uh, teaching, learning, leading K-12. Uh, I'm, if you, if you look that up, I know it's a lot of words, <laughs> but if you look that up, we're out there on, uh, um, I'm hosted on, the podcast is hosted on Podbean and uh, it's on Apple, and uh, it's out there in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and a uh, whole bunch of others like Education Podcast Network and uh, uh, Voice Ed Radio, and uh, um, as well as on Spotify and uh, iHeartRadio. So I'm out there, which uh, Teaching Learning Leading K-12. It's, what's really cool is you can ask that uh, little smart uh, device sitting on your counter and say, hey, hey, so-and-so, play me the latest episode of Teaching Learning Leading K-12. That's, that's a great place to go. I'm also at, uh, on Twitter at SRMiletto. Um, so that's another place to find me. There we go. There we go. Thank you so much for sharing your time, sir, your thoughts, your journey, and your experience with us today. We also appreciate it. Well, I greatly appreciate you having me here. It's awesome, Trey. Appreciate it. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And thank you so much for listening to the Dash Podcast today. This is our goal every week to bring on educators like Steve who facilitate solutions in school communities. He's done just that for an extended period of time in the teaching, learning, leading K-12 experience helps him expand that reach. Don't forget to go to TreyGamers.com for every episode of the Dash Podcast. While you're there, you can subscribe. You can find my book, 
where you can book a time to have a conversation about SEL implementation in your school. We'll see you next time. This is The Dash.